Hello. Hi. <laughs> today is weird. Today is weird. Today is weird. Today is weird. <laughs> it's been weird. It has been really weird lately. You're right. Vivid dreams. That crazy e- dreams. season. Eclipses have begun and they're all in Sag and Gemini except one, which is in Taurus. In the upcoming six months, I want to say. You know, because on this hemisphere, we have um, lunar eclipses in the winter and in the spring, or summer, right? Mm, that feels right. Yeah. So, eclipse season! Woo! Yeah, just had that full moon in Gemini. Yeah. But Alex, Mercury just went you? into Sagittarius. Okay, why don't you just, ah! yeah, just, just go ahead and start talking, Alex. Talk about um, uh, what all that means and how it's been for you. Yes, it's been good-ish. I mean, I really love working with clients, and I've had a busy week of clients. I've had orthobiotomy clients and readings, which is really nice to to kind of feel that um, uh, balance, I guess, of, of, of having both. Uh, and then, yeah, last week, Tom and I went up to Virginia and saw my family, and I talked a little bit about that on IG, on Instagram, about some interesting updates in conversation with my family because um, one of the things I'll often say to clients that can be helpful, uh, especially when it comes to even like calling in a partnership or a current partner, and we talk about this a lot of like talking to their higher self um, or talking to their spirit self or their guides, having your guides talk to their guides. And so with some of the like, I'll say the word complications I've had with my parents, uh, I mean, this all started with my dad saying, do you think, like, we, what, what is your idea? It was something like, what is your idea of us as parents? To my mom, my mom and Ooh, I and, and an Tom and I were sitting there and I was like, uh, he's got, like, dark night of the soul, something going on. But, and, and so I said, my brother and sister probably have a different, uh, older brother, older sister, they probably have a different view than I do. And my mom was like, huh, why? Like, in true Libra sun fashion. And I was like, because um, I'm the black sheep. And my mom was like, we don't have any black sheeps in this family. Like, kind of was. And so it was interesting as this whole thing. But one of the things I've done as a tool for many, many years, and I would even say decades, is like I will speak to my parents' higher self. So I'm like, okay, you know. And I do this in breakups a lot. You know how like in breakups you have that sense of not feeling closure and you want to reach out and then you're like, oh shit, I texted them and da 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 Especially if they ghost you. Exactly. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so it's like, instead of reaching out in the past, um, and of course I've done the reaching out, so I'm not saying I'm perfect at that by any means, but there was a really intense breakup I went through in my 20s where I would sit with his higher self a bunch before I even had this language. And I would sit with his higher self and there was like a ton of healing our higher selves did. And I even think of this sometimes too when I'm around a human who I think is like particularly magical, but like their human isn't necessarily caught up to that conversation. My higher self and my, and my human will sometimes talk to their higher self like, oh, okay, they, there's like a level to which they get it on kind of thing. Like it's like, okay, it's it's there. Um, we can even talk about what the word get it means like because it's like such an interesting Thing they with that right it. now, <laughs> yeah. On some level, they feel it. There's a lot of like transitional energy of of 
the spiritual work, the spiritual crisis has gotten to a boiling point and it's like if if spirituality is not a part of your world, it's kind of being infiltrated in in ways that spirit will do that with as well. So anyway, so it's like interesting because I felt like these higher selves conversations, my wish in all of that was that they would update their current conversation with me always and so it was cool to be put on the other side of that where I had had a story that I'm the black sheep and I had had this paradigm and there is a story culturally the black sheep are the healers they are the connectors they are the psychics they're the weirdos they're the empaths they're the sensitive ones and it's like yeah. yeah and it's like I can either continue to live in that paradigm and in that story um or I can understand like my parents have another reality and that there's like this other reality that I can update because my brother also said the same thing he's like we don't have any black sheep in our family but my brother let's be real is like the golden child of our family (laughs) but again maybe that's still just my story that I'm like operating under um well fours want to be special yes fours do want to be special and so there's this interesting thing with my sister my sister was like joking around because she has kids and isn't married and she was like well i didn't get married and you did so now i'm actually the black sheep it was like this joke and then my brother was like well since you're both the black sheep it actually makes me the black sheep (laughs) (laughs) like this whole thing and now i'm gonna i'm gonna get my parents a black sheep puzzle for christmas so (laughs) this whole thing But it was actually really interesting because right in the middle of the conversation, my dad, who is definitely an Enneagram 8, goes, I think this was a failure of mine to communicate with you. Like, it was just this real, yeah, it's like when 8s get that vulnerability of the two, it's like, oh, so I was like, all right. Like, and this is where, like, I always have this conversation with you about this and on the podcast and with clients where I'm like, we are open to healing or or we're not ready. Like, it's this sense of, like, okay, I'm not quite ready for this. And in that moment, I got to observe myself and be like, oh, I'm ready to update this conversation. Like, I, I'm fine with saying, yes, there are no black sheep. Let's live in that world. I'm not attached to this idea of who I need to be or who I am because like that black sheep narrative really helped me survive parts of, I will use the word survive parts of my childhood, but like, is it working as an adult? I'm like, am I not, you know? And so it gave me this opportunity to like update my conversation Mm. and update this idea of like, oh, I can speak to their human about certain things. And this is what we were talking about before the podcast where Oh, Gunner. I feel like I'm more and more myself around my family, which is nice and healing. Like, I'm able to just be weird and, like, be, like, you know, I did, like, when we saw each other in Maryland in, um, in August, I would, like, did many readings and, like, I was able to be, like, oh, there's, like, this weird thing or, like, oh, that's an alien. Like, you know, and it wasn't, it was kind of like, all right, Alex is just going to be weird. <laughs> well, it also sounds like you've healed your nervous system to a certain point where you don't, Yeah, I mean, that house is tough. Like, Tom can really feel the energy because he's doing a lot of healing. And and I think the more healing you do, the more sensitive in a lot of ways you become to energy. Right. Because your capacity shifts in this, in this, in the way that the trauma no longer like crosses the wires and messes up and creates all the noise, which the noise was the survival. And so we actually slept on the floor, which is what I did when I was growing up. Mm. And it felt a lot better. 
I didn't feel as aggravated. You know, I immediately get a really terrible headache the moment I drive into Leesburg. It's just a really intense That whole area feeling. is just like, it's, Yeah, it's a little bananas. It's bananas. Um, and so I had like a pretty intense headache the first night we were there. But, you know, it wasn't too, too bad in terms of activity, things like that. But, you know, I, I hopefully, I mean, obviously they're not going to like sell their house anytime soon but i'll just keep my mouth shut to anyone who wants to buy that house <laughs> so i'm like haunted <laughs> like all the best but you know and again like i know i know clearly it's not my contract and my path to clear it because that's a whole other thing as well so but yeah. it was good it was really good i mean i'm happy to be back in Asheville and doing doing the thing and i feel like there is like a little bit of quiet of an ebb right now of preparation before um before some some like jolting and I'll talk about that when we channel a little bit but there's definitely some interesting energy out there that's kind of coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. how are you I'm pretty good you know I've been laying low things not not much really going on to, you know, when you feel like you don't even know what to catch up about, you're like, I don't, uh, uh <laughs> that's kind of how I'm at, where I'm at, but Thanksgiving was lovely and very peaceful with my family, fortunately, and, um, just been hanging out with my dog. He and I both have had weird ear stuff. I've had, like, tinnitus. He has a ear infection, and I'm like, what's this about? <laughs> Is there something in my house that's making a noise? Am I not listening to something? You know, I immediately go to, like, what is the spiritual understanding of this pain? Um, but anyway, that's happening. And uh, what was I going to say? Well, I think what's one thing that has come up kind of bouncing off of what you were talking about that's interesting with Thanksgiving, right? We're on the heels of, like, that holiday, and we're in holiday season, which can be difficult with families and with that kind of obviously, you know, intimate space right now. is like, just tense anyway. But some some friends and clients just talking about sometimes when you do the work, it also, like, triggers your family, too. Mm. I don't know if you've had that experience. It sounds like you've been able to move through your work and bring that to them, but maybe not, like, quickly, you know? Like maybe it's taken some time. But, yeah, when you start to kind of step more into spirituality or doing some of that work, other people can get really triggered by it because all of a sudden you're not in the trauma with them or... You know, they, they think that you're all high, you're acting all high and mighty when you're like, no, that's not what this is about. I'm just trying not to engage with this anymore. Or That's an interesting thing that I feel like obviously always comes up around this time, but I've definitely seen present in situations and how to navigate that, you know, and I think so much of it is, Alex, what you often talk about with regulating your nervous system the you kind of more safe you feel in yourself, the more that you're able to kind of communicate that energetically outwardly and soothe situations like that. Or I'll say, um, what is it when you like, it's not escalating, it's the opposite, you know, like nonviolent communication, you're trying to... Like de-escalate? Yeah, de-escalate. Okay, yeah, yeah. de-escalate like the situation. Um, so I don't know, maybe we could even talk a little bit about tools of that. I know mm. we wanted to talk about channeling too, but that just came up of like... That could be helpful during this time, especially with um, all of the eclipses, which is just intensifying energy Um, and a lot of like step into your truth, step into yourself, be yourself. Like there's a lot of that. That's how I've been feeling it and interpreting it. 
And so that can be challenging when other people don't want you to change or, um, yeah, there's certain stories that you need to be complicit in for the, for it to be real for them. Um, which is heavy stuff. (laughs) That's a lot of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. That's something that just came up that I'm sitting with. Well, and it's like, do you sit with like, do, so I think of this with like, I'm a five one generator on in human design and you're a projector. And so I think of too, when people project upon you, like I'll feel this and it's like this check-in of energy of like, do I want to engage with a projection or do I want to try is the word I'll use there to connect them to the truth of who I am? You know, because part of me goes in and just to be totally honest, goes into a little bit of judgment of like, this is where it's like funny, like they don't get it of like, okay, meeting them where they are, they have to be in a projection of mine somehow. And so do I claim to be the, another person that they think I am? Cause we're constantly like evolving. Like I always say at the end of readings, like we evolve with our reading, like we utilize the information and we live in such a culture that presence isn't necessarily um valued that I think it's interesting like what I hear part of what I hear you saying is this idea of like honoring truth of like do we honor ourselves in that moment but it complicates things in a way of like okay so you know and I've flat out said to my dad in the past and I think he hears it too I said I need you to update that I need you to update that conversation like and and it's it's helpful to have that, you know, and, and I'm, I, I, and I can't that quite could also tell be how it lands. People, people exactly. could come out and be like, what do you mean update? You know, right. it's like, totally. right. Or, or like, you know, I've been kind of gaslit in the past of like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it doesn't matter like, or something, something along those lines where, but I think it's interesting to think of the mechanism of projection because we all project and we all are all projected upon. It's not just the human design piece. So it's like noticing when we are either talking to someone via a story or a projection or we, I can feel the energetics of like, okay, this person doesn't fully see me. They see a projection of who they think I am. And so I can either respond from that projection or again, I can kind of complicate things and go into a, a truth pattern of like, hey, I, I really need you to see me in this way. Not need you to see me. That's like I'm not the best wording there. Mm. It's more so about can we stand in the presence of who we are today? Well, and that's that, why I think family is so charged right. around that. Well, and I, what or I was going to say, you know, I've been obsessively, you know, spin, spreading to the masses of codependency, you know, codependent. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone in our generation needs to read it. But what I was hearing in what you're talking about, again, it's the nervous system of like, mm. how do you feel safe in tense environments? Right? Which obviously there's various degrees of that. But you creating tension and codependency is like, oh, no, 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 I'll just take care of this. I'll just fix this. You know, it's like, uh, how about you sit with it being uncomfortable for a second? That can be really tough. But it's creating that space first that I think is so crucial in doing this. And what I also hear you talking about is this idea of agreement. Like if somebody has a projection of you that they're throwing at you, there is a moment of like, are you going to agree with this or not? And if you don't, that may cause tension or friction. But there was something that a friend said to me recently that was really interesting. It was kind of just one of those profound drops in the middle of like a conversation. But I think she was talking about something about, I don't know, something about like when she felt overwhelmed, she 
recognize that she couldn't just disappear and essentially ghost mm-hmm. because that was um, making that behavior okay to be done to her. And I was like, whoa, there it is. It's that agreement of like when you allow that to happen and you allow those people to project upon you in that way, you're accepting that's part of who you are. There's an acceptance there of like, okay, well, I guess I'll allow that, you know? Mm. And that's a hard piece of like getting that confidence and getting that sense of security and being like, no, I'm not necessarily what you say I am. And it's so much is unpacking, which again, I think this plagues our country, our world, but especially our generation in this country of the United States of America, this codependency of like, I need you to like me. I need to be likable. I need you to approve me. I think so much of the behavior that's happened this year is just trying to do that. That's so much of what Instagram is doing. It's like, how can I get people to like me? How can I get people to, you know, like my posts, whatever. Or follow. Yeah, any of that. It's all that energy of like, (laughs) you're codependent with this idea of people liking you. When, how do you really feel about yourself? And if you're allowing somebody's projection to be your agreeing that 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 is allowed to be part of who you are, what does that say? Yep. Ah. Yeah. You know. Well, and like, and to go down that rabbit hole further. (laughs) Yep. You know, oh, there's two thoughts I have around that. But the, uh, the further one is like, do we then become our projections, which would be like the projections in the auric field where we take a lie that is told, a story that is told about ourselves, and we protect ourselves with it by calling it the truth. And so then we have to uncover that it's actually a lie. There's tons of grief in that process. We've talked about this before. There's tons of unwinding in that process. And then how do we then let go? Like, of that projection of that story. And we do this to children a lot where it's like this idea of, okay, we're this, this, this. And then the world does it. It's micro and macro. And so it's interesting to kind of notice the energetics of that. Like, this, the energetics of these layers that we're working in. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where it's like communication is complicated. (laughs) Because it's like, do we take ownership of this? And then at some point... It's like the updating. It's the updating. And this is where I think, like, it's this is the doing the work piece as well. And I love, because you and I texted earlier this week, or I think it was yesterday, uh, about certain things with ghosting, too, that made me think of this, because we've both been watching The Crown and Princess Die stuff, because The Crown season four? Was it, it four or five? I think so. Whatever. Just came out. The latest season of The Crown. And how the queen basically has, like, no response to a lot of things or is neutral and, like, this idea of, like... And it was funny on... I think it was Deep Love Tarot with the Leo King. He was, like... They were talking about how, like, no response is a response. And so it was interesting when you said that because I was like, oh, we talked about that almost, like, oppositely in this way of, like, you were speaking to this idea of that neutrality and that space of, like, holding that... No, I don't want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'll have you explain it in that way. Yeah. Like no judgment or like the neutrality. And I was like, what about the queen? <laughs> because that was her whole thing. And I was like, I was like, is that really about control? Is that you know? And I think this gets into intention setting, but. Totally. And I think with dating, it's so different with ghosting because it is. The, I do think that's about control, but you know, this like weird I got the last word but not really I think that's what that is the energy of that that's how I feel but I don't know I think it's also a lot of emotional vulnerability just incapacity for that and it is cowardly but it often is because they just can't handle it right yeah yeah 
But uh, what yeah. you're speaking to with the no response is interesting because I was kind of saying I've noticed a lot of wise people when they disagree will not respond or they will say something wise that is kind of off topic but maybe makes the other person think. It's kind of a parable or something. Yes, Um, that's what it was, yeah. And you were saying, well, sometimes I think that, you know, not responding can be, um, what did did you say, something like shutting down the nervous system? Right, or, yeah, or um, just out of control. Right. Just this idea of, I'm not going to give you anything. Right, and I do think there are moments where it can be extremely manipulative, but there's other moments, again, and people can take it as being manipulative if they're wanting that and to keep a fight going, But, you know, if you have a strong nervous system and you're actually holding neutrality and you're holding space for everything that they're feeling and you're also holding space for the fact that you disagree, you can kind of energetically be in that disagreement without having to say, you know, I actually feel differently. And you could say that, but sometimes that's not actually, I I don't know if it's not appropriate, but it's not useful. I've been trying to really think about using my words intentionally so that when I speak, it has impact. And there's moments where finding silence is actually a very helpful practice to me. But I loved the reflection of like, well, hold on a second, because sometimes when you're silent, and I, I understand some of the argument, you know, with everything that's gone on this year, like when you're silent, you're partly complicit. I see that, but I also see that's not always true. And I think it's the energetics and, the, again, it's the tone. It's the nuance, like, underneath it. Another thing that I was hearing you say is very interesting because it's something I've been unpacking in myself, and I think it's difficult. Maybe it's part of our culture as well. Is this idea of fantasy. We fantasize who we are. We fantasize who we want to be. We fantasize, you know, how much money we're going to have. All this stuff we kind of fantasize, which I think can be helpful in manifesting. But there's also times where... For me, it's been a challenge to come to grips with the real reality. And there is kind of this like falling and like feeling like you're hitting a rock bottom and sometimes realizing like, fuck, like this is what the reality really is. Mm. But I do think, I don't know, it's that ego death, right? And it is the shadow work. But then once you become okay with almost that like fear of, wait, maybe I won't have millions of dollars one day. Then you start feeling like, well, okay, how much do I, how much money do I really feel like I will have? Or, you know, you actually start feeling into what actually feels right for you as opposed to what you want. And it's thinking from the head versus feeling from the heart or from the like Mm. stomach center. Right. Mm. And it's so interesting that that is so much part of these projections. We create projections of ourselves of who we want to be. But again, is that really who we feel is who we are and want to be? Because there's a difference. It's, you know, maybe we all want to be skinny or, you know, have, I'm speaking for myself here, like beautiful, <laughs> thin, like, you know, long, beautiful, luscious hair or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, coming to terms with like, hold on a second. But wait, you know, when I tuned in, for example, I did an exercise like, what does my body actually look like? If it was mm. in balance, if it was in the highest good, if it was healthy. And I wasn't stick thin, duh, okay, like knew that, knew my bone structure, duh. But it was this healing moment where it was like, you know what, I am beautiful, I love my body. And I see maybe that I'm not completely in balance yet, and I have some fears and ego stuff that I'm still dealing with, my own, that thing. But like, I came to terms with with it, because it actually Mm. felt right. But at first I had to grieve, like, okay, maybe I will never have, you know, not a six-pack, but you know what I mean, be this, like, lithe, waif, waif person, like, you know, <laughs> this, like, fairy creature or whatever. 
fine. You're like, but then when you realize the truth of it, yeah. there's freedom in that. And there's actually, it's liberating, it's nourishing in some way. Does that make sense? Does it that does. Right? I mean, the other thing you texted me was like, let's get rid of fake it till you make it. Oh, yes. That was <laughs> another like, no, download. You fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, that was something I realized actually on the eclipse. I, I woke up like right after the moon was at its peak or what in the eclipse, whatever. Yeah. And a tick was on my leg, which mm. my dog had Lyme. I've had a lot of friends that have had Lyme or Limes. I always make... Lyme without no S. It's, okay, mm. cool. I said it right. Lyme. Yeah, you did. So, you know, I'm kind of paranoid about that. Mm. And I went through this whole download... Yeah, Gunner knows. My dog <laughs> groaning. But I went through this whole download of, like, sorting through that fear in my system and then understanding that ticks are, like, a natural or like being that I can accept and respect... And, I don't know, it kind of somehow led to this whole thing of authenticity somehow in my tangential, like, you know, 5 a.m. Bata brain, just, like, downloading tons of information. (laughs) And there was this sense of, like, fake it till you make it. I don't want to say that anymore. It's more be authentic, but feel the energy, embody the energy before it is manifest in the physical. So you already, it's the manifestation. Like, you already know energetically what is next for you, what you want you're calling it in, you're kind of luring it to you, and there is sometimes a process of fantasizing so that you get into the energy of the thing and then you let go of the fantasy and what it actually looks like, you're tuning into what it feels like, and then you're saying, how can I embody that feeling right now? And that's how you actually bring it into physically manifesting. So it's not fake it till you make it, it's like feel it and then it's real, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Feel it and then it's real, there's the title. Yeah. The other thing that I've been really, really focusing on is this idea, and kind of circling back a little bit, like wherever there's tension, it's where the work is. So I've started really, and this is in my system, I've started really noticing when I feel tension, it's because it is that thing of like, ooh, did I make them mad? Or, ooh, you know, this, ah, it's kind of a freak out, like in my system, it's this tension, and Something that Miriam Hosna says, who I obviously talk about all the time, love her. She kind of is she. Can you have a teacher that you've like never actually spoken to? You just sure. follow their yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah. she's a teacher then. Twenty twenty. She's my teacher. It is twenty twenty. Today's weird. So <laughs> she says when you feel that kind of like uh, I don't I don't want to I don't remember the word she used exactly, but that discomfort it's because mm-hmm. your higher self sees it differently. And when I downloaded that and really understood the energetics of that, it made sense to me this whole tension is where the work is. So if you feel tension in the fact that you've upset someone, that's because you haven't created enough confidence or nervous system strength to be able to hold that energetic boundary of like, I don't need you to like me, right? So it's always, for me, it's been this like signal of like, there it is, there it is, there it is. And something that I really loved, you reflected to me and, and me kind of expressing that to you was, you know, yes, but also sometimes I just let myself feel it. I don't feel like I have to shift it right away or change it. And that is something in my system. I don't know if it's all the Virgo or what, but there's it's also control stuff, right? Where it's like, I just got to keep doing it. I'll fix it. Or keep wanting to fix myself constantly and do the work constantly, where sometimes it's like, relax, take a bath, be fucking mad. It's fine. And that's something Codependent No More also talks about championing it. Oh, God. <laughs> go buy it. Go buy it, go everyone. Buy it, go buy it. it was I need read it. 80s. I read it. I need it. It was read it. in the 80s. It was so relevant. Anyway, <laughs> it's having your anger. And yeah. a lot of codependents don't have their anger very well. 
Mm. They either, you know, it's, it's, it's usually unhealthy. And for me, I'm a poster child case of that whole thing of like anger in a lot of feminine expressed bodies or like, um, expression energy, it turns into depression. If you don't actually feel your anger, let your anger out, you know, blow off steam, whatever it internalizes as depression. So that's something that I loved that reflection of like, ooh, yes, you're right. Tension is where the work is, but I don't need to do the work right now. You know, I don't need mm. to fix it right now. I can still feel uncomfortable. I can still feel angry and sit with that. Like there's discomfort in that. There's tension for me in, in being angry. Right. So that's even like a, anyway. Or I even think of depression as like you're off. Your your the energy is so dense it's pulling you off your your path or your mm. timeline and so there's anger to like either reboot or to like because you feel like you know there's pieces pieces of you that know like the anger is like the fuel to get back yeah it's a way path. for it to outlet out mm-hmm. that's great yeah yeah but I think a lot of I remember in Qigong we were studying how the liver channels lead to the breast and liver represents anger. And so when that chi is unbalanced, a lot of women, she was saying, you know, in a lot of cases, she understood directly that they were related to breast cancer Mm -hmm. of women that didn't process their anger and didn't even know they were angry. Right. And it turned into depression and then it's just sitting in your body (laughs) Yeah, because you're not, you don't let it move and you don't let yourself have it. So that was really fascinating to me, and it was kind of an aha moment for me of like, wow, when have I ever really let myself have anger? And I think it, you know, maybe plays into gender roles. There's tons of stuff that we could unpack there, but um, it also, to me, really relates in like a lot of, and this was something, honestly, like my, um, one of my healers that I love so much that I found in New York City, and we still keep in touch, I had a moment with her um, right when kind of the, uprisings were happening around Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter and we were kind of talking about it and she was like you know the way that she was explaining it in such a beautiful way was white supremacy is unpacked by like being able to be uncomfortable so many of us don't know how to be uncomfortable we don't know how to handle it and that's that nervous system trauma where we immediately are like okay either I squash myself or I get angry and I throw something at you or it's that fight or flight response where it's like being comfortable with being wrong, with messing up, with like saying the wrong thing or changing like that was, that's not me anymore. Being comfortable, like becoming comfortable with that. So she was like, you know, maybe it'll help to do something that you hate. Like try a new hobby that you're going to be really bad at. Ooh, and I, was like, I know we talked, I think I brought this up before where it was just like, that's hard, but it's also love. It's so juicy. Yeah. And I think it's right. I think there is a lot of beauty in that and, in, in being comfortable. Like I went to France once thinking I was going to move there and it was going to be this beautiful trip. I spent three months, like it was this whole thing. I was kind of depressed. I knew I had to go see friends and spend some time there. I have a lot of connections there. But I had my dog, and I was kind of like, well, it'll be okay. I'm going to go for three months. I was there in Paris for a week. It was lovely. It was all you think Paris is going to be. And then I was like, fuck, I want to go home. I miss my dog. But I booked this trip, and I knew I had to be there. So a lot of it was me unpacking, just being miserable, being, like, energetically scared a lot, and just walking around in Paris. It's like there's some interesting energy there. It's very, Mm -hmm. like, out in the open. Mm -hmm. But... I realized there was a moment where I was having a panic attack in a grocery store 
And I was like, I'm okay. I'm not dying. You know, and it's, it's becoming comfortable. You know, you, you want to get out of your comfort zone. You forget that it's fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have with learning how to sit with that. And I still like even thinking about it, my system's like, Oh, let's not talk about that. You know, but it's, I think it's something that would be really helpful in, in right. some of this work is like the more that you can kind of, and I want to recognize some people may have a lot of trauma and be triggered and that's not healthy for them or that's completely okay. But for me, it was really like, it's good for me to get uncomfortable and be able to breathe and be like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I need to be okay with this. You know, Mm. I mean the word, and I want to make sure that's a good thought. I don't Mm want to, the word that comes to my, or like my guides are like flashing in my brain is the word dismissal. This idea of like when we dismiss either these parts of ourselves or these emotions or I don't have time for that. I don't have a moment to process this. Da, 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 da. And this is where I think like a year like 2020 where, yes, there's been some like purification and clearing out of old stuff. But there's also been like some like macro trauma, right? You know, if you haven't been able to hug a friend in months, you know, that's intense. Like hum- we're humans. We are connected. Just like you were talking about with the nervous system. It's the dismissal. That's like not being seen, not being recognized, but also the parts we dismiss about ourselves. ourselves. And so it's like this idea, whenever I see someone who's like homophobic, racist, something like this, I'll like connect it. And this is reinforced by my grandmother's hands, that lovely book. But it's like, there's this connection to the, the, that that's unprocessed trauma in their system. And this is not to explain their behavior, but to understand these hateful paradigms that we can, we can go into. And, and that is a reflection of self-hate, but it's also the reflection of the capacity isn't there because the trauma filled the system up. And this is so why I like, sad. yeah. So, I mean, this is, I'm like, this is why trauma is, the releasing trauma is it's everything it really is everything and I remember it was like there there was a there's a loop to this around when you said the silence thing I had a I did AmeriCorps after college and I was living in Boston and I was visiting a friend in Holyoke and I think it's the birthplace of volleyball and like spring near Springfield <laughs> which is the birthplace of basketball I just think that that's funny so my ancestry is from Boston and I remember or the Gloucester like the area and my, I remember they had like a fish hatchery and anyways. So I remember when I went there, I was like, oh, cause you know, I didn't grow up there. I was like, this is why I'm like this. Like, oh, Massachusetts. <laughs> like I am a New Englander. It was really funny. But so I was there and I got really upset because someone drove past with a bumper sticker that said like, man, it was like a picture of a woman like that you'd see on a bathroom plus a man equals marriage. Like it's like basically saying, you know, they don't believe in gay marriage. And so, or, you know, I mean, I don't even think like the term gay marriage there makes sense, but it's like, they don't believe in same sex marriage, of course, but they don't believe clearly in homosexuality or any kind of any kind of lgbtq right that's like the front front door stopped right there and so you know i got upset i think i i think i honked and flicked him off to be totally honest i was like 22 but still hold on i just want to interject it's so funny when you do that because you they probably forget they have that bumper sticker right (laughs) or they don't think it's a bad belief well that right they're like you know well and so my friend was like why'd you do that and I was like, well, I'm just letting them know that their belief is wrong. 
And he goes, you know what you just did? And I was like, what? And he goes, reinforced it. He's like, all you just did is reinforce their beliefs. This is like way before I understood nervous system stuff. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you know what the other thing I want to tell you? And I'm like, what? And he's like, silence is not acceptance. He's like, just because you're silent towards people like that doesn't mean you accept how they feel, how they think, how they are. And I didn't realize this is like that connection because I do think I grapple with the like, you were talking about like the silence complicit, like this pressure we have this pressure cooker we have to be in a weird way I think that comes from this paradigm of being everything to everyone on this surface place this projected place that we're talking about and so I think this is where the the meeting place of that silence is not acceptance silence is complicit it's like you know it's like this meeting or being complicit it's this meeting place of like that's the nervous system. The nervous system is like, that's the truth. That's the like deep held resonance of when now when I'm around someone in the presence of that, like, and I'm going to be totally frank, I'm just not triggered by people who have different political views than I do. I have clients who have different political views than I do. It's not triggering. And so, which is, took some work. Uh, so it's like this holding space in the nervous system of like, well, what needs to come up to heal? Because most likely we voted for a candidate that allows us to understand, or didn't vote, of course, that allows us to energetically understand what needs to come up to heal, right? It's like, that's like the collective mm. idea of that, right? And this is where I joke, like I even posted, I was like, po politicians are not healers and they're not. They're like a reflection to us, to be totally frank, of what, is wrong, <laughs> right? This is why politicians like are quote, they solve problems, right? But we can go into like the political system of lobbying or the energy that's siphoned from elections, all of this, the energy that's being siphoned from COVID. Let's just be totally fucking real about like, notice if your energy, how much energy. So if you were to just put energy into time and into money, let's say you have a hundred dollars a day, how many dollars a day are you putting towards COVID? Watching CNN, watching numbers, case numbers go up, go down. I am going to be totally frank, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, and I don't mean this in like, wow, she's naive way. I have no fucking idea how many cases there are of COVID right now in North Carolina. I have absolutely no idea because they go up, they go down, there's graphs, there's stuff, and it's like this, like, boo-doop, boo-doop, boo-doop. And I'm like, cool, my nervous system, like, I'm not buying a ticket to that roller coaster ride. Like, I'm not or the circus, that's the analogy I always use. And you can feel like this is the metabol, you can feel it in my system, like I'm talking louder, this is the metabolization that needs to happen around trauma, around this present moment trauma, or it will compound. And like my, my clients, I love that. My um, guides always show me it as newspaper stacks, right? So you fill up your whole house, this is hoarding. You fill up your whole house with newspapers, right? Over time, they get mildewy, they get smelly, that sometimes they'll even get damp. You can't just pick up a pile of damp newspapers and throw them out your window, right? You have to peel them off one at a time. And I'm like, sometimes for people, it's one piece of newspaper at a day, a day at a time. It's like just peeling away the layers. And I think that's where it gets harder. I don't want to speak for people's experience, but it gets harder when the whole house is full of newspapers. And it's like, how do you even then engage and communicate? You know, and this is where spiritual people will be like, next life, I can't even engage. And it's like, well, what if we looked at the one piece of paper that they can possibly lift that day? Like, all right, 
maybe there's like we can peel back this one layer, right? It's like the onion. Some parts of the onion are juicy and lovely. Other parts of the onion are rotten. And we all have rotten parts of ourselves. All of us do. And then certain people trigger that or certain people project that. Or we project it onto them as an idea of who they are when really it's what's inside of us. And so it's this like sense of we've really gotten this really this 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 microscope view of what it is like how we're interacting and how we're relating to people on this on this planet and I do think that that is going to get elevated in 2021 I think there's going to be an elevated sense of the humans are the virus which really is so narcissistic it drives me crazy when I hear that or climate change being attached to this idea that humans are, which, by the way, corporations are responsible for climate change more so. It's like 95%. I don't want to get that statistic wrong, but it's pretty close to that. Are like create of like environmental catastrophe or um, uh, global warming is created by these like six corporations. It's like very... It, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I had a client that said like, this is the challenge of the haves and the have nots. And you see it on a level, I'm going to fucking do it and pick on Gavin Newsom again, where he's like at that French laundry, this like expensive restaurant. And he's telling everybody in California, you can't like hug your friend. You can't be around anyone. He's dictating, and I'm going to use that word, dictating these rules, right? And yet he doesn't have to follow them. And like that is huge on a national level. That is a huge, huge, and, and I watched a video of him of like, oops. Well, first of all, he lied and was like, it was outside and not that many people and the rules were, you know, and that was supremacy. super like, just like, I am a have and you're a have not. And this kind of energy, and I'm getting on my spiritual soapbox, I totally understand this, but this kind of energy, we have to suss out. And I don't mean this in a way like there's so much information out there. I get where some people's brains are going around this, and I get it. But like, it, the, the king doesn't worry about the pawn, trust. <laughs> Like, he uses it. Like, no, this is why Game of Thrones wrapped up. Like, no. Like, this is what I always say to, to clients where I'm like, We're, are you invited to that table? Or do you even want to be a part of that table? Like, when it comes to the president, do you want to be invited to that table? I don't. Like, and this is where I joke, oh, another spiritual, but this is like opinion, where people are like, Kamala Harris shows that women and women of color can be the vice president. I'm like... Do you want them to be the vice president? <laughs> like, why is the vice president something we want to aspire to? Like, that's not something I want to aspire to. Like, do you know how many, like, how much shady shit you have to do to be the president of the United States? And I'm talking about all of them. I'm not just talking about our current one or possibly our future one or the one we just had. There is corruption. There is all this stuff where it's like this frequency and this vibration of... Why is that something we want to connect to? Like, why do we want to connect to? Well, I don't want to be like Kamala Harris. Like, I'm not, no. Do you know how many, like, 
what? I don't even want to go into her record. Like, I'm like, no, because it's like these that do not glorify and go into like a place. This is the spiritual crisis. These people are not the solution. You are the, you are your own solution around all of this. Right. And these kinds of communications are it. Because this is what's happening. This is like, I'm going to group it back to like, what have we projected onto Joe Biden? What have we projected onto him? Oh, he's going to solve this, this, this. I can feel safe in my nervous system now because of this, this, this. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's someone else who believes the exact opposite of you. And they think Trump is safe and they're going into like this, this, this. And this is why he's safe and it's this, this, this. And it's not always necessarily around the divisiveness that they're pulling us to try to get us to understand that, right? The divisiveness is 100% the goal of 2020 when it comes to the like haves and have nots. Oh, Gunner, sorry. He's like, oh, chill out, Alex. <laughs> and so this is where, this is where I just get, I get frustrated, I guess is the word I'm gonna use around like spirituality and this, this idea of how to like, which we talk about all the time, how to hold deep resonant space for people to show up for who they are. And then also pleasantly is the word I'm going to use, <laughs> push them forward to notice the lens. Like I'm like, notice the lens in which you're like saying this person is going to be this or the savior or the guru or the person who's like going to solve this. They're not. It's going to be a life of disappointment. <laughs> Your partner's not going to solve things for you. Your parents aren't going to solve things for you. It's like, you're it. Like, tag. <laughs> tag, you're it. And so this is the, like, frustration I think I've gotten to around seeing some of this idea. And I think this is what 2020 is, this deconstruction of systems. Mm -hmm. Because... Of course we rely on systems. I have a car outside. I drove here. I relied on the road. There's a certain context of which we rely on this. But there's also this idea of like how we can show up in this way that doesn't ask the world to solve our problems or to give us something. It doesn't owe us anything. This is what I always yell in our house, which is the best, is like Tom will say something and I go, like not to what he said. But I'll just go, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's like the resonance of like, it's so freeing. When I'm like, nobody cares. And I don't mean that in a mean way. And I don't mean that directly towards him. Like, I don't care. But it's like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And and so when you live in that, it's like, I'm like, Joe Biden don't give a fuck. He does not care. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck. Nobody cares. It's <laughs> and it's game. like this freedom. Oh, it's such a game. Oh, it's such I a I love game. that you had that. I mean, there's... Anyways. No. I'm, are you... Yeah, I'm done. Okay. No. I just want to say I'm really happy that you said all of that. And I know that you and I have a lot of conversations that we, like you said, we struggle with. Like, how do we step out as this is what we feel when it feels challenging? And it feels like it will kind of put into question a lot of people and their trauma and their beliefs. And it's, it's tricky, but I do, just hearing what you're saying, I, I've, I felt so much because I agree, <laughs> and in so many ways, like, I energetically have been tapping into deeper levels of understanding this and really coming to awareness 
in a lot of ways, like it's not just about racism. It is about racism. I don't want to demean any of that argument and any of that work, but it's also about humanity. Like what you were talking about is this idea of supremacy of there. If there's any hierarchical structure where one person has power and is oppressing another person off of anything, that is the same energetic as racism, and that is not okay. And that is what I want to talk about. That is what we want to work on. And I do think that so many people, again, like the whole white supremacy, the work is like grieving, coming to terms with this is how our country was built on racism, literally on the backs of slaves. So, yeah, you can say that, but when you start really unpacking it and you understand the whole political system is completely fucked energetically and yeah in order for somebody to get there it's a whole projection of what we think you know the whole idea that christianity is woven through so much of the presidential campaigns and even you know the whole monica Lewinsky thing it's just like insane you're trying to act like this person's perfect are you ever perfect is anyone in your life ever perfect this whole idea of us having and i'm getting on my soapbox right do it (laughs) you know this idea of perfection again it's a fantasy come to terms with what's really happening Now, what I keep asking myself is like, okay, well then what does real healing look like? Mm. And I do think for me, the the beginning, it is like an intimate one-on-one basis of respecting another person and trying to connect with them in a vulnerable, intimate way of understanding what is it like to be you? Why do you feel this Mm. way? What, and maybe it is trying to intuit or understand their trauma or their, why they, why, why they are presenting in this way. That's why I love stories like the hillbilly eulogy mm-hmm. um, where it's like every we're all people it's not just about one thing being oppressed it's about all of it it's about oppression in general the energetics of it ever at all that is like that is can we talk about that yep and so it's not trying to squash any person's one experience because each one of those is important that's the idea like all it's all of it and for me the whole system is oppressive so I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to, I don't know how I feel comfortable voting even because that's me approving of the system. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing it. I'm agreeing for it to exist by doing that. So I don't know how to feel about that. And I don't know what life could look, you know, I, I think of this utopia. Is that even possible? I don't fucking know. We can't all live in a commune and, and go well. It usually turns into a cult. We all know that. <laughs> We all know that. Yep. So it's this idea of like, I don't know. And I don't know if it's the energetics of power and greed that is doing all this. But for me, it's like what I've been so frustrated with is people that are acting like they're open-minded and using this term woke when they're not. They're not open-minded because they're still stuck in what their beliefs are and they have to be right. And that is control. And that is still operating in the hierarchy of that oppression. That is the same energetics as racism. It just is. I'm sorry. It is. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to fix any of this. I'm trying to fix it in my own self first and really be aware of when I'm participating in it and, and when I'm not and choosing not to constantly over and over again. And I can only hope that that's what, you know, at least part of what I can do. But yeah, I mean, there's huge systems at play that have this power yeah. And that's the supremacy, right? How do we how do we unhinge that? I I don't know. But that's like some dark energetic stuff that it is very I'll say stable. That shit's right. stable. And it is because we all agree to it. It's even the it's the whole thing with the patriarchy, like 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, wearing a ring on your finger. I started thinking about that. Because I know we've talked about the energetics of, like, having a ring, you yeah, and I. and the metal and... Mm-hmm. Just that a symbolism. And I was starting to think of, like, okay, when I get married, I want a ring that represents my freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want my man or my person to give to me. It's like, I promise you your freedom. Yep. I'm not promising that you'll be mine forever. Like, what? <laughs> what is that? You know? But I have to unpack that in my system because there's a part of me where I'm like, well, but I do want a ring and I want a white dress. And it's like, is that fucked up? Is that okay? We're dealing with so much right now. And I do think it's beautiful piggybacking on our last episode with Will talking about the Pluto transits and talking about um, you know, moving into the age of Aquarius, like we are unpacking it. I do feel like our generation is doing a lot of work right now mm-hmm. and it is uncomfortable. And what I would like to really try to recommend and like remember is people that are truly open-minded and spiritual, it is allowing you to be exactly where you are and not, and be okay with that. Feel okay with that. You're on your own path. You're on your own journey. And it's not about love and light because love and light doesn't fix everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's also not telling someone what their work is or showing them their shadow. That's not what we're here to do. That's that stuff you've been talking about on your videos, which I love. Is like shaming is not the answer. Shame does not bring healing. I'm sorry. That brings more trauma. So you're just creating more trauma. So it's more of this idea of like how can we, I don't know, how can we respect each other? How can we let people disagree and and not that we're allowing for if we believe something that they are not believing that we're allowing for our beliefs to change right we're not like agreeing that that may be true we're allowing their truth to be different from ours Mm. how do we start doing more of that and then I think the more space you give people at least in my experience of healing my kind of discomforts and tensions in my own family and friends the more that I am confident in my beliefs in a way that's not fighting, but just allowing that I know what I know and I know what I feel is right and giving them some space, like allowing them to feel what they feel and that be okay, then there can come a moment, and there often is, when you give them space, they come to you and they're like, you know, I'm curious, like why do you feel the way that you do? Because you're not bringing that, you're not bringing that aggression and you're not allowing the aggression either. You're just neut- neutralizing it and saying, I feel what I feel, and I, I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with you feeling different. Then there, then it, trans- it switches because they can't be in that zone anymore. They can't take you to that place. So then it's either, they, either it's just not a conversation or there may be curiosity there, and I think that's where the healing comes. Yeah. I mean, I remember hearing something about the apartheid and Nelson Mandela um, – would there was something where like the victims like uh, something with like a police like some sort of murder where the victim's family was locked in a room with the policeman and like I don't know if it was moderated whatever I don't know what all this was but it was some of the metaphor of like you need to figure this out like you need to work this out and you can't come out until you do that so like go through the motions have your you know flailing get mad but then come to the point where you recognize this is a human being we're all human beings we have to treat each other with respect. Mm-hmm. That's not love and light. That's reality, you know? Yeah. That's not spiritually bypassing. That's actually like humanity. It's not even spiritual. That's humanity. Right. Do you want to be, it's treat, it's the golden rule. Treat others as you'd like to be treated. Yeah. Do you want to be treated in the way that you're treating people? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, and th- this makes me think, so there's like two, are you, I want to. I'm done, yeah. There's done. two thoughts, there's two thoughts of this, because, um, you know, uh, in My Grandma's Hands, Resma, the author, talks about this when he, like, he talks about uh, trauma being like, there's clean pain and dirty pain. And so there's this idea, the other quote that he has that I love is like, trauma over time, and I don't want, I'm not going to get it perfect, so trauma over time can like. We can adapt it as a personality, and then on a group, trauma over time can then also look like culture, which is like, (laughs) right? Like where we, again, and this is where I energetically see, like we take these projections that are lies, and we create stories, and then we turn it into truth, and we defend it. It's the same energetic thing. It's like, what are you defending that is a lie? Because the nervous system knows a lie. The nervous system will know. And so he talks about clean pain and dirty pain. Clean pain being this idea of like processing these things the way we're talking. And dirty pain being this idea of like continuing trauma, but not necessarily always understanding it. Like Billy Eulogy, there's like talks about this where there's this, this sense of like not even really realizing it, but this is a cultural piece. Well, my mom hit me, so therefore I'm gonna hit you. Like it's like this idea of connecting to that because there it's in a way it's like the also bringing in Brene Brown of like they did the best they could with what the what they had like it's the same thing of but now we know not to do that and generationally there'll be like a thing like both my parents I feel like really helped clear some addictive tendencies in well really alcoholism on my dad's side but some addictive tendencies on my mom's side like they both of them really cleared that generationally that's big it's huge and Tom's doing that generationally for him, right? He's like clearing that that space out. And so, you know, we can like pick and choose the newspapers, right? That we pick up around that. And then I also like the other thing he talks about, because he talks about like white bodies, white body supremacy, black bodies, police bodies. And he talks about it in this really succinct way, but he also talks about the reptilian, but he, I think I believe he calls it the lizard brain in that book. And, you know, we have our, our reptilian brain, our limbic, where we're wired to connect our memory, smell, all of this, and our prefrontal cortex, which is like our logic, right? So we can break it down, really reductive, but simplified there, right? And so in the reptilian brain, our brain stem, this is dorsal collapse and, and polyvagal. But in orthobionomy, and this is what I've been talking to clients about a lot more, that's where the only way out is through. This is the reflexes. So oftentimes when police shoot people and they especially when it comes to racism and they shoot black bodies, it's this idea of this like reptilian brain where we, we, we do something without thinking about it, right? Like we think we're in danger and we do something without thinking about it. And he breaks this down. I want to like recommend that book. He breaks this down in a much more succinct way than I'm able to in this podcast right now. So it's reductive the way I'm talking about this. But the the tool I want to give are the reflexes. So a reflex will be a trauma response, slamming on your brakes in an accident so that you don't further get injured. You don't think about it. You just do it. Or... A reflex can also be bouncing a ball off of a wall and like understanding the wall is the wall, the floor is the floor, my system is my system. So it also works with our proprioception. And so reflexes can also be like rocking side to side. And then in orthobionomy, it's spirillic. And it's this idea of like asking the body like, is holding on to this working, mm. right? Like, is holding on to this working, but in a very subtle, gentle way. So it's going into the reflexes and into the trauma, but not triggering it, but saying, 
hey, do you want another choice? Do you want another reflex here? You know that car accident that happened? Like, what would be the other other option there, the other choice? Because most likely a pattern emerged from that that protected us from further injury, helped us survive. And then we think about this generationally. Whoo, right? <laughs> like, it's like, it, it, it makes so much sense that there's so much, like, traumatizing, dirty pain out there. Well, that's conditioning. Yeah, it's called, and then we call it culture. It's like, oh, the only <laughs> thing we ever knew. Right. And you think of the breakdown of the word culture. What's the first part of that word? It's cult. <laughs> so, like, it's so interesting. You know, I think about this with COVID. There's this whole culture around COVID now. And I'm like, y'all are in a cult. You're in a cult. Don't call it science because it's a cult. Ooh, <laughs> right? Yes. When people are like, because science. I'm like, that actually doesn't mean anything because scientists are are one of the, mo- like, especially vaccines, I'm going to go there, are one of the top most lobbied. Have you noticed, like, how much vaccine shit's been going on in the past few years? It's been lobbied. Like, open your eyes. Like, corporations, media, that's who's going to disseminate this information. This is not conspiracy. This is information that is harming to your system, but they know it's going to be in your trauma. So what are you going to do? You're going to do more dirty pain. It's the same thing. It's like this structure he created in this, right, in that book that is so intricately related to, to racism, and it's culturally related to everything. And it all goes back to the nervous system and to trauma. And this is why it's interesting to me because it's like this idea of like, if you are in a paradigm where you are like, this is going to fix me, this president's going to fix me, or this like new senator is going to fix me, or this vaccine is going to fix the problem. You are in a paradigm, you are in a cult paradigm of other. There, is, there isn't this like, I of me. I am that I am doesn't exist in that space. It doesn't exist in that space. And I'm sorry, but you're going to be disappointed, (laughs) right? You're outsourcing your trauma. You're outsourcing into other instead of coming into I am that I am. I don't want to be clear. I'm not saying like you break your leg and you're going to like do like Reiki or ortho and fix it. Yes, go to the ER. There are resources. That's like a different thing. But I think it's like, this is where I get really, where I'm like, why are you out? Stop, 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 stop. And I see this in readings where all like, I'm like, we're coming to the table together. We're doing this reading together. Yes, I am, I am relaying the messages to you. But if I have a client that doesn't show up to the table, which isn't often, but it has happened where I'm like, okay, this is the limited amount of information that's going to come. I need you to show up. And it's the same thing with like human beings, you know, like I'm like, you can like fake it till you make it. There we go all day long. But like, who wants to be in that energy? Like, I'm like, I don't want to be placated. I don't want to be like someone to pretend like they know what they're doing until they whatever the word make it means. Like, good luck with that. That's like yoga poses. You're at the climax of the yoga pose. Cool. Where do you go from there? It's like everywhere you go, there you are. Like, there's nowhere to go. And so I, I, it's, it's interesting to me, and I fully realize I'm getting, like, more in the opinion zone, but there is, like, I am that I am. Like, be in that space because I think that, I think that a lot of people benefit from you being connected to the other being the solution. 
And we get examples of this over and over again, not only in politics, but advertising and, and all of these other things. Oh, if I just get this certain thing, like you were talking about weight earlier, like if I just get this certain thing or I just do this certain thing, then this will happen. And it's just a recipe for outsourcing. And that's even the word there, the source of like, you are God. There are more neurons. We talked about this in the last podcast in your body. than there are stars in the sky. And so, and galaxies, planets, like all of this that exists up there exists within you. So why would you assume and go into this place? Why? Trauma and, and the benefit, the benefit, the payoff, right? Like all these nefarious and all of these really I'm going to go there, psychopath, sociopathic energies that benefit from you not resolving your trauma, like fuck those guys and like work on that trauma so you can be like free of their siphoning of your energy, the narcissist, all of them, because it's like, no, I'm not allowing this. This is like the codependent, I haven't read it, the thinking of codependent no more, (laughs) where it's like, I'm not going to engage in this. And this is the no response. I'm not going to engage. I'm choosing not to engage in this moment with you because maybe it's not worth my time. Maybe it's not worth my energy, but also like, are we even on the same planet right now? You know, like that's how I think a lot right now. And I know I'm going into judgment around it and I've been really frustrated with humans because I'm like, open your eyes, like open them nice and wide because If you think that certain models and organizations have your best interest at heart, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know where, like, I'm I'm having a hard time finding a meeting place for that. Where I'm like, where's the meeting place for that? Because we're, we're, you know, and again, it goes back to the beginning of like, okay, their different reality exists. And like, that exists. And I have to honor that, like what you were saying. And then I'm going to be in my reality over here. But don't gaslight me when you think I'm making or shame me into thinking I'm making the quote wrong decision. And I think that's where I get real like, you know, I am that I am. (laughs) Like, you know, because I mean, 2021 is going to ramp this shit up. It's just going to get worse. Or better. You know what I'm saying? And I think there was (laughs) this moment... (laughs) Where there's been a lot of content saying that a lot of, you know, the people that are doing the work are just going to basically get, like, a blessing. But the people that aren't doing the work, what was it? I think it was something Alexis maybe sent us. But it's it's something that's echoed. It's echoed in a lot of the content that I've been consuming and also what I feel that a lot of the people that aren't doing the work are in for, like, a rude awakening. But then I got really sad and honestly scared because I realized how many people aren't doing the work. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And that is scary to me. But what just to reflect some of what you're saying is like the next book I've moved on to and the recommendation of a friend is The Four Agreements, which in the beginning, love it. He talks about everything is an agreement. You come in as a baby or fresh slate and then you agree that apple means apple and that's what that thing is. You agree that you can't throw food on the floor, that that's bad. You agree and you start to like you accept it and you agree because it is this survival thing, right? Which is not something he really talks about. But we make these agreements every day. We agree that money is real when it's just a piece of paper. You know, we talk about that. And again, yes, like you said, 
you drive a car. Money is a reality that is a tool that is used in our culture, so it is a reality. However, you also have to remember it's not real. So it's that zoom out, zoom in that it's like, again, we kind of have to accept this in a way. Like, this is what actually is real and and what makes what is tangibly real, right? And something something that I feel like so much of what we're kind of dancing around is like what to do, like what to do then, you know, when you disagree, when you, how do we even, you know, I can't wake up other people. It's not my job, but what, and, and, you know, what I hear you saying is, yeah, all these structures, even religion, like is, is kind of predicated on this whole thing of like, you can't survive yourself. You can't find this in yourself. You have to come to me. You have to come to the wise one. You have to come and give money. You have to pray at church. You know, it's more powerful to you would pray here. Like, um, bullshit. Like, I love that Mary Magdalene film where, you know, her whole idea of what Christ was communicating was like, God is within you. It's all in you. We're all one because we're connected. But like, it's about you. And that's what I feel like both of us are attempting to do with the work that we're doing. I certainly see it that way. I had a new client today that really clicked in where it's like, it's it's about you. Because it, I mean, this is what I've been saying, but like, it's about you becoming comfortable. Self-work is about you becoming comfortable with who you are and like just being that all the time and feeling good in that moving through the world comfortably empowered. It's about empowerment in who you are. And it is so much of you have to do a lot of deconstructing of this conditioning. Shadow work's not easy. It's no fucking joke. Trauma work is no fucking joke, you know? But like once you do it, it is freedom. It is liberation and like you said, nobody cares. So there is like a beautiful, I, I really admire those people of like, I'm going to live in the woods. I don't give a shit. Like you're not my president. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. But, and I also just want to say like, that's something I'm really embracing and becoming aware of. Like being enlightened and kind of being free in that way doesn't mean that you're a nomad and you live in the woods and you have long hair and don't wear shirts, whatever, you know, what I mean? right. And you talk like, well, you know, whatever, you don't have to have a certain voice about it. Like, no, you can be enlightened and be in yourself and it doesn't even have to feel like spirituality. You don't even have to communicate it with other people. It's about you feeling good in yourself, whatever that looks like for you. If it is involving guides or is if it's a lot of people that are just very, have a lot of faith, they talk to God, but it's not necessarily, you know, it's not the same thing. There's no one way to do this. And that's also what I really, I may have my opinions. I may have my like perception on things. And I want to say like, obviously you don't have to agree with us on this, right? That's a fine, you know, but it's more just about, I just hope that each person is is doing this for themselves and also supporting others to do it for themselves to do this work. And you know, maybe it's not even work. It's like, it's remembering it. And that's what it's corny as shit. I get it, but it's remembering who you are. I say it every reading. Yeah. Like remember you are powerful. That's something that our culture, why are we all brought up to think that we have to be small, Mm -hmm. that we can't be big, that we can't be shiny, that we can't, you know, whatever. And then we create these fantasies of like, well, but if I was this, and like you said, I remember as an entrepreneurship minor, we would have people come in that were talking about how they made their millions. Every story was like this whole 
hero's journey, really, of like, well, I had this idea, and I failed, and then I failed, and then all of a sudden I hit the jackpot. But then it's like, then I got bored. Now what? You know, I've made the millions. Now what? Are you happy? I mean, Teal Swan says, or is it like, I don't know. Somebody, it's like that whole idea. Yeah, you can manifest the money, but is it actually going to be fulfilling for you? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. So instead, let's think about what you actually want, what would actually be fulfilling. But in order to do that, you kind of have to go through this grieving process of like, wow, I've let myself be under this oppression for so long. I've let myself be small for so long. I mean, I went through some anger recently being like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't protect myself and stand up for myself and say, like, no, you can't do that to me. That's, it's a whole grieving process, you know? Mm -hmm. That's where the Hopa Ono prayer really comes in, that whole, like, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, thank you. Like, walking through that deep emotionally in every situation, yeah. Forgiving yourself for letting all that happen. Forgiving the world, like, for letting all that happen. Being complicit in it. It's a mess. But then once you get there, I'm just at the point now where I'm like, okay, yeah, what can I do? Like, what, how do I, and, and I think a lot of it is realizing and dropping in that we each have a role, right? That whole soul in a role that Will was talking mm-hmm. about that I love And it's tuning into, again, like you can fantasize, or like for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to do spiritual coaching, so that means I have to be online and post all this stuff all the time, right? And I have to like tell people about it. But then when I really tuned in, I was like, actually, that doesn't feel like what I'm doing. I feel like I'm holding space for people, and if they come to me and ask for my opinion, I can give it. You know, if you've you've played this podcast episode, you're kind of, you're, that's permission for me in a way, because I'm a projector, right? Like you come to me... I have the invitation, and when I feel like there's a moment for me to be heard, I speak. But, you know, someone may be like you, and I don't want to speak for you. You're a generator, so it's more like maybe you're more boots on the ground. Like, I wanted, I need to say this. Like, this feels aligned for me to fight this, mm-hmm. whereas I'm fighting in a different way. So it, I think that can be a lot of the clues. It, instead of thinking, like, again, what, what should I do? Like, what feels right for me to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, like, the generator is, like, to respond. So it's, like, a yes or a no, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've tried. It's so interesting. Like, I've done experiments where I'm, like, only do yeses. And I'm getting closer and closer to, like, I'll only be, like, is it a yes or a no? Yes or a no? Mm -hmm. And it's a really, if you're a generator or manifesting generator, it's a really interesting thing to do. Because it's so, it is so easily, and I'm an intuitive and it's so easily, like, I'll override it. Even if it's a no, I still go. And then I have, like, my mom's voice. She's lovely, but she always has a lesson. So it's like my mom's voice will come in like, well, aren't you glad you went? Because then da 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 and you got to learn this and this and this. And, and sometimes that's helpful, but other times I'm like, okay, but what if I truly followed that yes or no? And I mean, you know, like, you could go, like, I could hear, I can hear a projection of like, well, what if it's like, eat cake all day? I don't fucking eat cake all day. Like, what? you know, like, maybe, it, you know, it's, it's the yes or no response of like, what's to our highest good? And it's quick. It's so fast. To slow it down is interesting. Because that's what I'll talk a lot about with psychic phenomenon with gifts. I'm like, slow it down. Because most likely it's so fast that you assume everybody around you has these gifts and they don't. And so slow it down, turn it towards you, notice this gift, observe it, unpack it, because 
most likely it's just that it's like it's psychic it's fast psychic phenomena is fast it's the ethers it's going to move quickly or like think about electric or magnetic these energies are fast or they're wide and so it's like it's like how to you know these are the tools that we utilize to understand ourselves in this human world and once we understand and observe ourselves we invite every we share the invitation to invite everybody else around us to do the same and so in that invitation is the space is the like not knowing space of possibility is the like okay now we're going to show up today together and like we invite everybody to show up in this way. And so then in, and in that way, like then people who like our energies are shiny, beautiful, lovely, big energies. We don't feel like we're taking up space because that doesn't even exist in that paradigm because there isn't this have and have not frequency. The have and the have not frequency has got to go. It's got to go. It's destroying us. It's got to go. Bye. And so I think a lot of spiritual types, that's really the energy we're trying to magnify and show everyone like, look, like you don't need that's again, I say this in my videos. That's why you're seeing so many spiritual people talking about sovereignty. Yeah. It has to do with like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's enough. like, it has to do with freedom, but it also has to do with this idea of who, who we, who we're sharing in that world to be, because it isn't this idea of have and have not sovereignty is I am that I am. And so it doesn't rely on any of this other, like all these systems, these things that you were just speaking to. There isn't a reliance on that. There's, there's a, I am that I am. What does an ego look like in that system, in that world where we are attached? I mean, I think, you know, I, you know, it's so, so funny. I don't ever talk about this, but my guides are like 5D, Uh, (laughs) which is interesting that I'm even going in that rabbit hole, but you know, it, I think it, it's, it's reality melting. It's reality is not the structure we think it is anymore. And that you'll see this happening with like Bitcoin with there's alternate money that is now being kind of like introduced into the system. And so there's like, it's like introducing things into the system that are different possibilities. That's what 5d is in a lot of ways Mm. is it's like these frequencies are now, you know, it won't be weird in well, this cross your fingers is what I hope as we go into the age of Aquarius and and in the into the golden age which i always say plan your reincarnation because you were we're the ushers we don't necessarily benefit from this in that way but we benefit in the sense that we're like warriors we're bringing we're ushering this in and what happens is there's always a resistance there's always people who don't benefit from this ushering in because it is a less materialistic world it is more magical, you know, and you could be like, it'd be like normalizing in a lot of ways. And I don't like that word, but you know, being like, Oh, hold on. This alien guide is telling me something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And like, Oh, by the way, blah, blah, blah. And it's like this, there, there's no division around what it looks like to be a human being. Mm. Right. There's like this. So what is the ego then? Uh, I know you keep I don't know. Right? I'm sorry. I mean, no, 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 because the ego is the material in that way, in the reductionist way. And it's the attachment. The ego is more just the individuality of like, this is me. Yes. Ooh, I love that. Yep. Because I think that's what like the healthy ego, right? I think ego is healthy in that it directs Mm -hmm. you to your path, it directs you to like your personality and yourself. 
Or like I'm attached to like Tom being a living human being, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of ego. We can't transcend like, but like all yeah. Of this. Like I wouldn't Not just be yet. like, oh cool, he died and went into spirit. Yay! Like at all. I would grieve the like that would be awful. Right. So I'm attached to him be continuing a physical reflection of our relationship. So it's that. I think of that as ego too. Oh, I I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. It's so fascinating. Uh Uh-huh, because I think these layers are being, like, brought up for us to look at to let go of, you know? Well, and you think about any sort of change, like, something that I thought of earlier when I went, anyway, it was something about um, sexual violence, and I was kind of like, what do we do? You know, how can we do this? How can we start educating the kids about it? And the woman who was really lovely was basically like, you know, it takes time. Like, you think about... The Mothers Against Drunk Driving. You think about drunk driving. Like, my parents talk about they used to drive drunk home all the time. And, like, one time Mm -hmm. a cop pulled them over and was, like, escorted them home. You know what I mean? And it took, like, a few those mothers, the whole Mothers Against Drunk Driving, took some people that were really championing it and were just like, no. Like, this is bad. Like, this is bad. This has killed people. And they were just the pioneers. They were the warriors of that. And it took a couple generations. The same with, like, cigarette smoking. You know, culturally, everyone smoked cigarettes. And it was this whole thing of, like, they're unhealthy. It takes a while for it to percolate down and go through the generations to get out. And so I've been thinking a lot, even in the last episode, we were saying, you know, look how far we've come from segregation, which was two generations. Not even, like, my mom saw it, you know? Mm -hmm. That is crazy. So just understanding also, like, trusting that it's happening, I think that's something for me as an optimist that I have to come back to is this faith of, like, there's something, there definitely is evil and wickedness in the world, but light always wins. There's something that is happening that's intentional. This is a healing. Even if a lot of people are fussing, it's a healing. I mean, and that's something that there was a film... I actually saw you there. It was when we were, um, you knew one of the speakers, the Heal, the Heal uh, film. I think it was on Netflix for a while, H-E-A-L. And there was an aspect there that kind of was maybe talked about in the after conversation. I think it was even the the gentleman that you knew was talking about healing. (laughs) And my mom and I really talked about it afterwards of like, yeah, you think about a wound. When you cleanse the wound, it fucking hurts hurts yeah and you have to bubble up all that infection and release those gases and infection it pusses you know you have to continue cleaning it and and a lot of times when you start healing something it actually there's a relief in it actually gets worse before it gets better because it's like oh okay great I can I can let go of all this negativity now because I'm safe because I'm going through a healing process Mm -hmm. so you break the fever right and then it's a slow process of the band-aids and the neosporin and you you get there but I think disruption can be healthy and cleansing in a way and I'm not saying that's necessarily what's happening I'm not trying to wash that over what's happened this year or anybody's experience but it's just like anger and arguments can be healthy in a relationship because things need to be expressed things need to come to the surface I feel grateful that we've had so much stirred up the sexuality, mm-hmm. racism, connection, empathy, like so much is coming up for review. And I just think it, it, we, we got to be excited about it and still be optimistic about it while still making space for grieving and for anger and for whatever we're processing, right? 
but just keep, keep an open mind or try. I'm yeah. trying. Anyway, I'm really trying. And it's not always easy. No. It's work. Yeah. It's, it takes discipline of always catching yourself. And it's the same thing. Like, anytime you look at someone and you judge them, catch yourself. Why did you do that? What was the story that you believe and that you're agreeing to exist by affirming that? You know? Any of that. Yep. Ooh, yeah. We didn't know we were going to get into all this. No, I'm kind of glad we went yeah, on the fly too. today. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> Does that feel like a good landing space? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Goner's letting out a big yawn. Regulate. He's wrapped up in a a sheepskin because he's shivering. (laughs) I've got a little cold, too. Yeah, the sun's starting to go down. I know. It's chilly here. If you're you're still here, good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We love you. Thanks for going, connecting to all of our rants. Yeah, again, we don't agree with everything, but we do try to... I really feel that you and I... And I love having you in my life because I can talk to you about things energetically and and kind of look at them and refract them through different perspectives that is kind of trying to take the ego out of it, that is Mm. trying to look more at the nervous system or what is really going on. And it's not stuck in the physical, the tangible, the mental, the rational. And I don't know. Or, you know, and, and I love, like, we will text back and forth and talk about things. And I have this, like, I, I, we were texting and I was like, I was, you know, and then we spoke and I was like, I just want to be clear. Like, I'm not ever trying to be, like, right or prove you wrong. And it was like, it was, it's cool to kind of be in that space of, like, you know, I recently texted with a friend where I was, I had to, I then texted, like, hey, I'm not trying to get you to agree with me. I'm just simply trying to stand in, like, the truth of how I'm feeling And I don't need you to agree with me or even acknowledge this, Mm. but I feel like I'm like not being honest with you on like how I feel about this. And it was great because they wrote back like, okay, awesome. I just didn't even know how to respond because I, I, I'm not necessarily in the same boat as you around this, but like, I'm glad to know you feel like you can be honest with me with feelings. And like, I think that this is that kind of shift of not trying to be right. I mean, that that's like the whole thing. You can choose to be right or you can choose to be happy. Like, that's a really good place to drop into of like mm. when we are in that. And I, I love that because it's like there's not this, oh, Rhea, let me tell you this. And you're not like, oh, Alex, let me like school you on this. It's all like this information sharing of like, huh, cool. That you gives me another it. perspective or some more information to work with or like, oh, no doesn't resonate with me like that kind of you know we're able to kind of go through and and like or even like we both have this like interesting like detail orientation of like well what if it means this or this (laughs) you know and I think that that those conversations not getting upregulated is productive Mm -hmm. well and for me not really having many people that I communicate with or stay in contact with on a regular basis and as a projector that is something I am aware of it actually I, I have to speak about things in order to process mm-hmm. them or journal, journal, somehow communicate. I have to express them first before I can really be able to process them. So even talking to you, and I want to recognize that a lot of people are in their process when they're in their anger or they're expressing this or they're getting loud. And I think maybe it is just reflecting of like, okay, you know, what do you need from me right now? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how, instead of just, you know, or saying like, you know what, I don't really have the space to be able to talk wow. to you about this right now. So uh, trying to understand too, yes, like sometimes 
it's just them processing. It's not actually them throwing judgments at you. It may be that, though. But a lot of it is them trying to process how they feel and what they think. Well, and if you think about a computer, if it's updating Ooh. or processing, what does it do? It You have to turn it off. Yes, you have to shut it, it down. Yes, you have to, like, plug you have to it reboot in. it. Yeah. It has to turn off There's, and it has to take yeah. forever with the wheel of death. And, you know, like, <laughs> the wheel of the death. The whole, like, Mac thing of yeah. slowly rebuilding it. And, and if you try to like, make it work, nope. you'll just be frustrated. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Processing. Yeah. I also have some thoughts on trust and love that you kind of brought up, but I feel like that's a whole other yeah, podcast we'll we'll do of it. like what we'll do really love week. is. Because that's what it sounds like you and that friend. It's like real love and real friendship is like, I respect you and your freedom and I love you for who you are and I want to be around your energy or like I'm interested in what you say. There's so many different versions of it, but that's yeah. something that like unconditional love is very rarely seen expressed like um really in a dynamic of a of a relationship I think right in that way but it does take kind of maneuvering because we're we don't really know how to get there so I love that Mm. it sounds like you're able to express that and they still were like okay I maybe disagree but also like I still see you as a human and as my friend Right. right Ooh, that yeah more of that yep Woo! Okay, woo! We did it! See you later, bye! Thanks, y'all!